patchy fog out there under mostly clear skies with mid to upper 30s, a frost advisory in place until 9 a.m. and a coastal flood advisory with us through Saturday. I'm Mark Prell. Good morning from the KRCB Sonoma County Newsroom. Here's your first news for Friday, February 9th, 2024. Fewer than 6,000 homes and businesses remain without electricity in the North Bay as of this morning, five-plus days after Sunday's storm started knocking out power infrastructure. A community resource center in Guerneville remains open today until 10 p.m. There, people can find blankets, snacks, water, bathrooms, device charging, and Wi-Fi. The center is at the Russian River Senior Center on Armstrong Woods Road. One West Sonoma County school will remain closed for another day due to hazardous road conditions. The County Office of Education says Kashia Elementary in Casadero is planning to reopen on Monday. Crabbing crews from the Sonoma-Mendocino County line south have been placing and pulling traps for just under a month now. That means one of California's favorites, local Dungeness crab, is back on restaurant menus and dining room tables around the Bay Area. KRCB's Noah Abrams checks in with one Bodega Bay fisherman. Bodega Bay's Dick Ogg says, minus last weekend's storm, the start to the crabbing season has been greeted by good weather and a good stock of the sought-after crustacean. The positive outlook comes even while commercial crabbing crews are restricted to only using 50% of normal amount of crab traps. That's due to California Department of Fish and Wildlife orders aimed at protecting endangered species, namely whales and turtles, from entanglement in crabbing gear. So far, no interactions between crab gear and endangered species have been recorded by federal wildlife officials. Even with the trap restrictions, Og says the fleet out of Bodega Bay is meeting the demand on the docks, and he says crabbing crews are doing what they can to minimize interactions with passing whales. And what's the outlook for crabbing season going forward? The Department of Fish and Wildlife plans to conduct a scheduled risk assessment for endangered species on or around the 15th. That'll give crews and shoppers a better idea for how long they might still find live local crabs for the dinner table. Noah Abrams, KRCB, Sonoma County News. Thank you, Noah. It's been a decade since California first moved to ban single-use plastic bags, but environmental advocates say the law isn't working. Nicole Nixon reports. After the initial single-use plastic bag ban, a replacement quickly appeared. Those thicker bags you can purchase at a checkout, usually for 10 cents. They're labeled reusable, but Democratic State Senator Catherine Blakespear of San Diego County says they made California's plastic waste problem worse. It actually resulted in a substantial increase in plastic. And that's because the thin bags are no longer being used, but the thick bags are, and they, and they are no more recyclable than those thin bags were. These bags can be labeled reusable and recyclable, but there's a big asterisk. They can't go in your recycling bin. They clog up recycling centers. And in a landfill, they take longer to degrade than the thin bags. Blakespear's bill would ban the thicker ones, too. She says many stores, like Trader Joe's, already get by without them. In Sacramento, I'm Nicole Nixon. Well, in the fall of 2018, California's voters were determined to make a dent in the state's rapidly escalating homelessness crisis. By a wide margin, they supported a ballot measure sold as No Place Like Home, which promised to use taxpayer money earmarked for mental health treatment to pay for a $2 billion housing bond. Voters who read the Yes campaign's description of the measure that November saw a bold promise, 20,000 new units of permanent supportive housing. More than five years later, the state has completed just 1,800 no-place-like-home units. Californians are voting next month on Proposition 1, which includes another multi-billion-dollar plan to build affordable housing with intensive services attached. A little more than half of California's public high schools don't offer any kind of computer science course. A new bill 
would change that. It would require all California public high schools to offer at least one computer science course. Democratic Assemblymember Mark Berman. It is critical that we equip our students with the skills they need to enter the 21st century workforce and succeed in our digitally driven world. Under the bill, computer science would be a graduation requirement by the 2030-31 school year. California has the highest number of open jobs requiring computer skills. They continue to be in demand as the economy becomes more reliant on digital technology, even in non-STEM fields. Meanwhile, a veteran legislator who taught elementary school for 16 years introduced comprehensive early literacy legislation this week. The bill would shift the state's decades-old policy of encouraging districts to incorporate fundamental reading skills in the early grades, including phonics, to demanding that they do so. This would depart from the state policy of giving school districts discretion to choose curriculums and teaching methods that meet state academic standards. You're listening to Sonoma County First News. Well, three seats on the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors are up for election on the March 5th primary ballot. Those ballots are landing in mailboxes this week across the county. Two of the races are competitive for Districts 1 and 3. District 1 Supervisor Susan Gorin is retiring, so there are two candidates running for that seat. Linda Hopkins in District 5 is running unopposed. The 3rd District encompasses much of Santa Rosa and Roner Park and is currently represented by Chris Corsi. Challenging him is Omar Medina. And last night, the local chapter of the League of Women Voters hosted a forum with the two candidates. KRCB's Greta Mart listened in and files this report. If you thought civil politics is a thing of the past, think again. The League of Women Voters Wednesday night forum was 90 minutes of respectful, thoughtful dialogue on a range of issues Sonoma County voters care about. The two candidates politely took turns answering questions, several times supporting and building upon one another's ideas. Here's an excerpt from the two candidates' opening statements. Good evening, everyone. Buenas tardes a todos. And uh, thank you to the League of Women Voters for hosting this forum. My name is Omar Medina, and I currently serve as the president of Santa Rosa City Schools Board of Education, entering my second term. As the child of immigrant parents from Aguilia, Michoacán, Mexico, who settled in Santa Rosa in 1989, I have called the 3rd District my home for 35 years now. I've witnessed its evolution firsthand, now encompassing both Roseland and Moreland neighborhoods, This district is rich in diversity with over 30% of its residents speaking Spanish at home. I strongly believe in the principles of democracy and representation. Effective governance requires that all voices are heard and valued. Unfortunately, the current Board of Supervisors does not adequately reflect the demographics and perspectives of our district. And as a bicultural and bilingual Spanish speaker, I'm committed to ensuring that every voice in our community is represented at the table. Good evening, everyone. Buenas tardes a todos. Um, I am Chris Corsi, and I'm the third district supervisor representing portions of the cities of Santa Rosa and Roner Park and the unincorporated neighborhoods of South and Southwest Santa Rosa, including Moreland and Bellevue. Three years ago, I took my oath of office in the depths of the pandemic. I went to work to ensure that crucial resources reached our most vulnerable neighborhoods. We established testing and vaccine clinics, disseminated vital information in 12 languages, and initiated a moratorium on evictions, a measure that I'm currently working to make permanent in Sonoma County. I've always placed a primary focus on the needs of the most vulnerable people in our community. Here's moderator Pamela Stevens asking another pertinent local question. Would you support banning outdoor cannabis cultivation outright 
or at least from all areas where residents are impacted? No, I would not support um, banning banning it um, outright. This is a a legal product now. It's a it's an agricultural product, um, and you know if if we're going to grow it all indoors, then that has climate implications. Going back to the last question, as far as neighborhood compatibility, I think that w- that is something that we need to look at, and uh, we are we've. Uh, been involved with a, an environmental impact report process countywide that's uh, that's looking at how to mitigate impacts and really how to put some some lines around certain neighborhoods where outdoor growing d- does not belong. Okay, thank you, Omar. We'll turn to you for your response to this one. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, I would uh, not prohibit outdoor growing. That's uh, uh, solar growing, right? I, I think it's important that we allow that to continue to happen. Of course, considerations for uh, neighborhoods because uh, the odors could be very foul if you don't like it. Um, so we need to make sure that we we have some sort of regulation around that. But I think we need to allow it to continue. Um, I think that there's a lot that we need to do with cannabis. Um, I think there's a lot of inequity in terms of people just getting into the industry that's really creating this underground market Right. We've legalized it and we need to make sure that folks are um, selling and distributing within the system so that it's monitored and and effective. But there's a lot of barriers to getting into the industry that we need to like look at. I, w- I was at a recent meeting in Hillsburg where it seemed like so many people just applied to get permits and they had to invest so much money just getting a permit that it seemed like you'd really have to be rich just to participate in that. The candidates answered questions on housing, infrastructure like sidewalks, how they would tackle improving downtown Santa Rosa, workforce development, and much more. You can watch the full forum via the League of Women Voters YouTube channel. We'll also post it to this story on the KRCB website. Greta Mark, KRCB, Sonoma County News. Thank you, Greta. Now this. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Well, a Mega Millions lottery ticket sold at a bowling alley in Napa is worth more than $1.5 million after Tuesday night's drawing, but no one has come forward yet to claim the prize. California lottery officials say the tickets sold at Napa Bowl on Soskal Avenue matched five numbers in the drawing. The winning numbers in Tuesday's drawing were 2, 10, 31, 44, and 57, with mega number 10. The winner has 180 days from the date of the drawing to claim the prize. The bowling alley will receive nearly $8,000 for selling the winning tickets. Turning now to weather, today will be mostly sunny with highs near 57. Tonight, chilly again with patchy fog under otherwise clear skies and lows around 37. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with highs near 62. Sunday, sunshine with low 60s. Then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, sunny with more low 60s, no rain until maybe Wednesday night. We'll see overnight lows in the 30s and low 40s. For today, expect partial clearing at the coast. Northerly winds will be 10 to 20 miles per hour at the beaches. Bodega Bay climbing to 55 later. Hillsburg and Windsor will see 59. Then we have Cloverdale, 
Forestville, Grayton, Guerneville, and Sebastopol sharing 58 for a high. Petaluma and Sonoma climbed to 56 and 55 on the way for Santa Rosa. Well, thanks for starting your day with us. We are your local member-supported public radio newsroom, and you can become a member at krcb.org. And that's where you'll also find more local reporting, plus any updates, the stories you just heard. And join us for Morning Edition and All Things Considered for more North Bay News coverage weekday mornings and afternoons on KRCB 104.9. From Sonoma County's NPR station, I'm Mark Prell. Stay safe out there, enjoy the weekend, and have yourself a good day.